Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sports Antipasta. That's right, I'm your host, Michael Berry. And, you know, today I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, women's sports in general. And we'll break down the uh, final four of the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, bad news, I guess, first, let's talk about the bad news. And the um, CWHL, which is Canadian Women's uh, Hockey League, uh, folded on Sunday. And But, you know, they do have a National Women's Hockey League. And that is the league uh, that I think will thrive and become uh, the showcase for women's hockey, which... If you haven't watched women's hockey, you should dial it up uh, wherever you can. Uh, you know, if you're a hockey lover, obviously you've probably watched. But uh, if you're not a hockey lover, uh, you might get, you know, you might like watching, you know, women's hockey. It's it's a little bit different. It's, it's physical. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, this was an impetus for uh, what the National Hockey League has done, but... If you notice in the National Hockey League, there aren't many fights anymore. Uh, it's a wide open speed game, uh, a lot of handling of the puck, better passing. Uh, I've noticed that just watching hockey over the last, I think, two or three years that just the fundamentals of passing has, uh, these teams are, especially in power plays, are just passing the puck really well. Um, and that's what you would see a lot with women's uh, hockey is it's more fundamental uh, and it's a little bit slower, and so the puck doesn't move as fast, and it's it's a little easier to watch, I think. So anyway, um, there already are existing franchises in Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, Connecticut, and uh, Minnesota. Um, but the plan is is to have two more teams, uh, you know, added to that uh, to make seven, and and it'll be in Montreal and Toronto, by the way, and so. And it's funny that, you know, they're going to, you know, some of the the cities that, uh, you know, housed NHL teams when they first started. But, um, you know, it's it's a great sport to watch. And, you know, there was a survey done across eight major markets in the world. Now, this comes from US, uh, the United States, the UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, <clears throat> and New Zealand. And uh, even the Kiwis, yes, they... Uh, they uh, you know, chimed in a little bit on this, but 84% of sports fans are interested in women's sports. Now, again, this is, you know, across the span of, of the world, just not the U.S. And of those 51 are male. You know, so which this kind of confirms the balance of gender in, in female sports. So it's just not women out there watching, you know, other women play sports. You know, half the, half the population that watches Females in sports are men. So, you know, that's a good thing. And I think the hockey news, even though, you know, one league folds, the other one will strengthen. Um, and that's, you know, something that, you know, you need to keep an eye on. Like I said, check out some women's hockey. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, so now we have the women's, uh, you know, Final Four coming up. And I know a lot of the female athletes that are, you know, in college basketball right now were complaining that, um, you know, the coverage wasn't the same. Uh, as the men and you know obviously that's true because you know that's just the way it is in sports general and it's not really you know uh, the NCAA or you know ESPN uh, it's the sponsors 
you know, if the sponsors are willing to step up and put the same amount of money in, you know, commercials when these events are on, you're going to get, you know, more coverage, obviously. And uh, the, other, the networks are going to be able to afford to do that. And, you know, one of the biggest steps I've seen here is with the uh, women's soccer team, the national women's soccer team, who, who actually filed suit because the men were getting much more money, uh, you know, for the same amount of work that the women were doing. And they, actually the women were being more successful. And Ludabar stepped up and bridged that gap. They gave the, the women's national soccer team the money. And it's millions of dollars <clears throat> to bridge the gap between the, the men and the women in, in uh, our national soccer programs. And so, you know, that was a, a key because I think, you know, as the stat that I gave you, you know, half men, half women are watching female sports. And, you know, and it is becoming a, a, a better, you know, product, obviously, um, especially in the basketball field. And I've always said, and, you know, I'm sure... A lot of you out there may even know this, but I mean, if one sport's going to succeed uh, at all, it, well, there's really two, you know, because I did mention hockey, because I think women's hockey can. Now, again, you know, hockey in general in the United States isn't as big as the other three major, you know, sports that are, you know, on our TVs all the time. But women's hockey can be one that can flourish. But women's basketball is the, the, uh, the sport, and I think they're going to have to tweak the sport, folks. They're going to have to tweak it a little bit. You know, I know there are some females that are dunking, but the biggest thing with basketball is the the dunk, is the athletes flying in the air. Um, Zion Williamson, his powerful dunks. You haven't seen those kind of dunks in basketball in a while. I mean, there are people that go up and you know jam the heck out of it. There's no doubt about it. And there's some flair to it. But, you know, Zion's a big, huge guy, and he goes and dunks. And, I, and females are going to have to play above the rim. I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost as far as the popularity of the sport. And, you know, so th those kind of tweaks may help the sport. But with Luna Bar stepping up, there may be more sponsorships to where women's basketball can, you know, maybe take the next step to the next level. And so, you know, again, you know, complaining about it's one thing, but getting the sponsorships, because it all comes down to, you know what, folks, the almighty dollar. That's right. So, you know, let's see what happens there with that. And, you know, I kind of mentioned the, the, the complaining part or, you know, the disappointment of not having the same coverage. Uh, you know, little Muffet McGraw from Notre Dame and, and Gino Ariama kind of had a little you know, spur there a little bit because, uh, you know, uh, McGraw wants all females to coach female sports, which, you know, in the sense of it is fine. Um, but that's not the way the progression has happened because males were coaching and still do coach, uh, you know, women's sports. And that'll phase out. It takes a while, but I'm sure that's going to phase out. Um, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, 10, 15 years ago wanted to coach women's basketball and, and they were kind of being pushed out of the way because schools wanted to hire females. Uh, and then again, the progression then became not just a female, but uh, a black female. And again, so it's, it's the progression of things, how, you know, things work. And, you know, Gino Aramek kind of, you know, made the point that, look, you know, he's the men's coach and arguably, and I... 
I don't even know if you can argue this, in my mind at least. I mean, he's built a program at the University of Connecticut that I think is second to none in any basketball college program. I mean, you look at UCLA, what John Wooden did, and you look at, I guess, Duke and maybe Indiana and you know, some of those you know, programs that have been mini dynasties or whatever, but uh, UConn's done it for a long time. And this might be the first time in a few years that UConn's probably not the favorite in the, in the Final Four tournament. Um, but, you know, Gino did kind of in defense say, hey, look, I've hired females as assistants, but, you know, he hires them because they're the best qualified person. Um, and so you get into that, you know, that argument and so on and so forth. But uh, it is true. You know, more females are going to be coaching, getting high coaching profile jobs. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting when, when Gino steps down, who's going to be able to step into that program and keep it going. Uh, but he has had great female assistants, and um, you know they they've kept that program afloat for him, and he's worked with them and, and developed a good program. And as I kind of now you know run down what this final four is going to be like uh, this weekend in women's college basketball, uh, I'm here to tell you that Muffet McGraw and, and Notre Dame probably going to win this thing. Uh, but Baylor and Oregon and UConn are are really good teams. So let's. You know, let's kind of break this thing down. It's going to be in Tampa, Florida. And, uh, you know, Baylor's going to open up with Oregon. And then Notre Dame and UConn will clash. And, you know, that's going to be probably uh, a tough game for UConn. I, I just don't know if they can they can stay with Notre Dame. But let's break down Baylor first and Oregon. So, you know, um, Baylor <clears throat> went 40-0. and in the season that they won it in 2012. And it's the first time they're back since then. Um, they've had some losses in the Elite Eight. Uh, you know, and they're a good ball club. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, they're the number one overall seed. Uh, and the Taylor, it's a tailor-made matchup, I think, for Oregon, uh, particularly on offense. Uh, the Ducks run a pick and roll. They spread the offensive floor um, and the Lady Bears have seen, have you know they haven't seen that all season, but uh, defensively uh, they've got some great uh, athletes out there, and I think they're going to be able to defend the pick and roll uh, and handle it pretty you know easily. I feel um, so. You know Baylor's thirty-two point regional win um, in, again, and it kind of shows in, in folks with women's basketball. Until you get to the Elite Eight. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are really, really good out there. And I know a lot of the coaches. And, you know, the players out there are really good players. But, you know, there's a small portion of really elite players. And, you know, every now and then, you know, UConn's been getting them all the time. Notre Dame's been, you know, over the last, you know, 10 years or so, have been, you know, up at the forefront um, and then you've had teams like South Carolina, Mississippi State, you know, Baylor, you know, other teams out there that have, you know, kind of tried to bust into that elite top three or four um, because they can still get the, the athletes. But, uh, you know, Baylor always seems always seems to get a big, big person in there. Six foot seven, Kalina Brown and six foot Lauren Cox. Um I mean, my goodness, the, these these women are huge. And um, so anyway, to get back, the, the Lady Bears, you know, look, they rank first in field goal percentage, defense. Uh, 
block shots, obviously, uh, rebounds, uh, rebound margin. I mean, it's 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 going to be tough for Oregon to go and beat Baylor, uh, even though with a lot of what Kelly Graves has, who's built, you know, a great program in Oregon, and um, you know their big concern, obviously, are these two big girls. I mean, Oregon has never faced this size. And so how they adjust to that is going to be very important. Um, you know, and again, getting the ball inside when you have those twin towers in there is going to be very difficult um, for, a, you know, a lot of the smaller kids to get in there. Um, and they've got some good players, but, I, I, you know, again, I just don't see um, Oregon being able to beat Baylor. And I'm, I'm going to take Baylor to go into the, uh, into the championship game. And we'll give you some... Uh, betting stats here as we go down the line. Uh, you know, I think the Notre Dame game with UConn is going to be a, and I don't know. I mean, Notre Dame could blow UConn out for crying out. Who knows? Especially with, uh, you know, in basketball tournament time, you don't know. Because um, I just think UConn's not the team that they've been in the past, but they're still very good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Muffet McGraw, you know, she's won two national championships in 2001 2018. So, you know, this program is, will be able to get some things done uh, this year, especially. Um, So, and they've got some kids that are going to go play in the, uh, you know, the WNBA. And uh, I just don't see Notre Dame, or I'm sorry, I just don't see UConn being able to match up, you know, player for player, even with just the starters. but, you know, obviously UConn could keep the game close enough to where they could pull it off, um, you know, down the stretch. And, look, Katie Lou Samuelson uh, can shoot that thing. Crystal Dangerfield for UConn is, is very good. And Collier is very good. So, I mean, they've got three kids. And that's, in basketball, you've got three people that, are, that can play uh, and, and do their job. Uh, you know, that's going to, it's going to get it done. And, I, you know, and I, when I say that, it always pops into my mind because I've been talking to a lot of people lately about, you know, just, you know, what happened in the men's Final Four. You know, Duke was a very good team. Zion Williamson, Barrett, but who was the third? Who was really the third? And, um, you know, again, but see, that's why I think, you know, you, you can't count UConn out with the women's side because of Collier, Samuelson, and Dangerfield. Uh, they've got the experience. I think they can get it done. It's just a matter of, you know, is Christy Williams uh, going to get it done? Who knows? So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to pick Notre Dame. And then, you know, down when you get into that final game, I just think Notre Dame's going to be uh, a little bit better than uh, Baylor. Now, Baylor has a 31% chance to win, according to ESPN's Basketball's Power Index. 31% chance Baylor has to win. UConn 29, Notre Dame 28 in lowly Oregon. Sorry, Oregon, you're at 12%. Um, According to the BPI, however, um, Baylor has a 64% chance to win and beat Oregon. UConn has a 51% chance to beat Notre Dame. I just don't see that as it being that close. I guess it is that close. Um, And if you go into the championship game, Notre Dame has a 52% chance to beat Baylor. 
And so that kind of tells me, you know, my prediction probably is going to be right. When Notre Dame beats UConn, uh, Baylor beats Oregon, and then Notre Dame squeaks out a win against uh, Baylor. But if UConn does get in there, they have a 53% chance to beat Baylor. Uh, if Notre Dame plays Oregon, you know, obviously they're going to have a bigger, because Oregon is going to have to pull a huge upset. Uh, Notre Dame would have a 66% chance win to beat Oregon. And then if UConn would play Oregon, they'd have a 67% chance uh, to win. And, you know, the, the Westgate odds, you know, the Las Vegas odds are, you know, basically the same as the uh, power rankings where Baylor, you know, is the top favorite, uh, Notre Dame, UConn, and then Oregon. So, um, you know, again, women's basketball, I think, is something that has the chance to take off, even though, you know, a lot of the WNBA franchises, uh, you know, the money's not exactly where they would like it to be at this point in the history of the league. Um, I think until women's basketball, and this is, uh, you know, I think more prevalent with the women than the men, um, they have to take this globally. Uh, because, you know, again, overseas, the popularity is, is much stronger than it is here because, you know, overseas, they don't have the NBA and NCAA men's basketball dominating coverage, dominating the sport. I mean, basketball is strong in a lot of areas, men's-wise. Um, but women get paid more over there. Uh, and I think if, you know, if women's basketball wants to be where it needs to be as far as, you know, making money and, and, and being a prominent sport in the world, I think they're going to have to take it to the world. Uh, and that's the only way that that's going to happen. Now, if it can happen, then, you know, great for them because I think it's going to, um, you know, give them what they want. Um, because the men are, you know, they, they're, they're always toying with it. Uh, and I, you know, and I think when it comes down the road here, uh, you know, a lot of these teams, uh, I think the NBA is going to have to flush a lot of players out, and which means they're going to have to drop some teams. And when they have to drop some teams here, you know, whether it's 10 years, 20 years down the road, um, you know, I think the league's going to have to just pick up, you know, the competition and, and go worldwide. I think with the women's basketball right now, I think it'd be a, a great thing over the next maybe five years to start looking and go uh, worldwide with it. And I think it would be very interesting. I think that the uh, United States and Canada and Mexico and whoever would really pick up on, on women's basketball at that point and uh, get a lot more foreign flavor in it. Uh, it would be worldwide because there are a lot of good foreign players that play in uh, in professional basketball, just not United uh people from the United States going, you know, overseas. So, well, there you have it, folks. And um, again, you know, congratulations to Luna Bar for stepping up with the soccer uh, and helping them out, promote those women's sports. Uh, Final Four, Tampa, Florida, Baylor Bears, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and the Irish are going to win it. That's my prediction. Should be a good Final Four. Uh, check back each and every day. The Sports and Aposto is sponsored by, well, that's up to you. Check out the page on the website, michaelberryshow.com. Check the advertising uh, uh, bar out. 
and see how you can advertise, get in touch with us, and it'd be great to have a little partnership with you. So back for another one. Check you out. Have a great day. Take care. Bye.